Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 479. Welcome in. Uh, really, truly hope you're doing well. Today, we are talking about the first round of the NFL draft. Let's jump in. I want to share my thoughts about the first round of the NFL draft, the stuff that I find interesting, the stuff that I like. Uh, let's start here with the first overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, it, this is very noteworthy. You have to talk about the first overall pick. The Jaguars drafted Javon Walker out of Georgia. It's going to be interesting because the first two picks of the NFL draft were both edge defenders, basically pass rushers. Javon Walker went number one overall, and then the Lions drafted Aiden Hutchinson, a defensive end, number two overall. And a lot of people said that Aiden Hutchinson should have been the number one overall pick. And so I just think the storyline here, it's going to be interesting to follow as the years go on, is who's going to be a better player, Trevon Walker or Aiden Hutchinson? Who becomes the better edge defender? As the years go on, they will constantly be compared, I think, as they should be. And uh, did the Jaguars get it right? I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm really curious as the years go on to find out. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson's a great player. It's a bit weird. He's not... A, he's not Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, I think partially that's just to show how good Miles Garrett is. I think Miles Garrett, uh, Von Miller before him. Aiden Hutchinson is never going to be the best defensive end in the NFL. Um, so for me, it was hard to think about him as a number one overall pick, but, but also, like, he's not going to bust. I would be shocked if Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson was a bad NFL player, and he's certainly a very good defensive end. He's going to be a good leader and good in the locker room and uh, he may not have the highest ceiling, but he also probably isn't a bust. So I, that's not a ringing endorsement, but I think what the Lions did was a very good uh, thing by drafting Aiden Hutchinson. Let's talk about the Jaguars for a second first. So the Jaguars not only drafted Javon Walker number one overall, they traded back into the first round and drafted number 27 overall linebacker Devin Lloyd. Uh, it's a solid move. Um, they just let Miles Jack walk away. And so I think the Jaguars, they got two new starters on defense, Javon Walker and Devin Lloyd. Um, It's kind of a weird draft because there was no clear number one best player available. Like there was no Kyler Murray, Miles Garrett. There was no player that like that guy definitively should be number one. There was a lot of debate going on. And I just, I go back to it. I think it's going to be really interesting five years from now. Who should have been the number one pick? Was it the right move? Uh, I think the Detroit Lions killed it. Not only did they get Aiden Hutchinson, number two overall, uh, you know, a local hero out of Michigan, a defensive end, a guy who, um, like I said, probably never going to be the best in the, dra- in, in the league at his position, but a guy who I think for the next 10 years could be a staple and a really good player, uh, Pro Bowl caliber player in Detroit. Then later in the first round, what I really, this is my favorite thing the Lions did all night. They traded back up into the first round and drafted receiver Jamison Williams out of Alabama. And they didn't have to give up very much to get him. They traded up from the 32nd overall pick in the first round all the way up to number 12. And I don't know what Minnesota gave them the number 12 overall pick. I'm going to try to explain why I think maybe I'm giving them too much credit how Minnesota maybe got to the conclusion that we should make a trade with Detroit and help them out. Um, You know, they moved up 20 spots, the Lions did. They traded, they swapped first-round picks, and they swapped second-round picks with Minnesota. And Detroit gave up their third-round pick to draft a stud receiver, Jamison Williams. And 
to give up basically only a third-round pick to make that move is, like, round of applause. That's incredible. Why did Minnesota agree to the trade? That's the question. You're like, Minnesota, that's very weird. I know you got a new GM. Is he inexperienced? What's happening here? Because they just helped the division rival get a new stud receiver. Like, do they realize they got to play Detroit twice a year? They got to play Jamison Williams now twice a year by making that move? To What did Minnesota really get out of that? And it feels like Minnesota made a bad move here. Although, and I, I don't, again, I don't know that Minnesota really saw this far ahead. If I, if I give them credit for that, it might be giving them too much credit. But here's how things worked out. The Lions trading up and drafting a receiver number 12, the cascading effect that had on the draft was that by the time the Packers were drafting number 22 overall, there was no receiver available for them to draft. And I don't know that the Lions, that, sorry, I don't know that Minnesota Vikings trading away their 12th pick to the Lions saw this far ahead. But if you ask yourself in hindsight, would you rather Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have Jamison Williams or the Detroit Lions? I'm like, I'll, I'll give that guy to Jared Goff all day. What I don't want to happen is have Aaron Rodgers get a really good receiving weapon. And so in a weird way, maybe Minnesota just really helped to handcuff the Green Bay Packers a little bit more and remove a receiver off the board from them. I don't know that anyone else is going to make that connection. I don't know that it was even intentional, but it's kind of a hilarious way things worked out. I got to say about the Lions, man, I really, really love that they are building around their quarterback, Jared Goff. He's expensive. He's, I think he's better than people realize. Like Jared Goff is very solid. I really want the Lions to continue to build around him, and they did. They could have made a move and drafted a, a quarterback number two overall, probably overdrafted a quarterback. They traded back up to 12, and everyone was kind of like, are they going to draft a quarterback here? What's going to happen? And they didn't. And I love, love, love that. Jared Goff is fine. I, I, I think he's good enough for now. You're paying him a ton of money. And I don't know that anybody available in the draft is going to be good enough to supplant Jared Goff anytime soon. I thought the best angle for Detroit was to build around their young quarterback. You know, young is maybe a relative word, but to build around Jared Goff, love that. They did that. That makes me very, very happy. And now if they want to, I still wouldn't, but if they want to, they could draft a quarterback in the second round who could be a long-term plan replacement to eventually take Jared Goff's job. But I just don't know that there's anybody in this draft right now who's better than Jared Goff and... That says more about how bad the draft is and about how good Jared Goff is. But still, like, Jared Goff's good enough. I think you build around him. I like that the Detroit Lions went that way. Okay, I got a couple general takeaways from the first round of the NFL draft last night. Um, there were a ton of trades, man. Trade after trade after trade. It was insane. There were, I think, nine really big moves made in the first round on top of two receivers that got drafted. Um NFL general managers are getting more and more aggressive, and I, I love that. I think there's a culture now in the NFL where the guy who twiddles his thumbs and waits for things to happen loses. People are wheeling and dealing and making moves all over the place, and it's made the NFL—this offseason has been insane, and it's, it's not just that the offseason was crazy. The draft has now been crazy. What we're seeing is a trend which NFL general managers are getting more and more aggressive, making more and more moves— and getting rewarded for that. People are getting excited. Fans are engaged. Uh, teams, you know, if you're a fan of your favorite team and they make move after move, like if you're a Philly fan today, if you're a Jets fan today, you're like, yeah, we made a couple big moves and I feel good about that. So 
I like that. Now, did you notice everyone's talking about how there was only one quarterback taken in the first round of the NFL draft? Sure, that's not a shock to me, but here's the thing that really was noteworthy uh, above all else. There was not a single running back taken in the first round of the NFL draft. If you are a young middle school, high school football player, even a receiver in college, or even a running back in college, you don't want to play running back. Do not play running back. Play receiver. The running back position is at an all-time low value-wise. Nobody wants to pay a running back. Nobody wants to draft a running back. There were six receivers taken in the first round on Thursday. And then on top of that, there were two veteran receivers. Veterans, relative word, A.J. Brown and Hollywood Brown got traded. So, like, receivers are incredibly valuable and running backs are very much not valuable at all. It's funny how people are focusing on the quarterback position. I think the thing we should be talking about is the death of the running back position. No one wants to pay running backs. No one wants to draft running backs. Everyone is paying receivers. Everyone wants a receiver. If you're a young guy and you got a choice, play receiver, not running back. I thought the Philadelphia Eagles had a really good NFL draft. Uh, First of all, they traded up to leapfrog the Baltimore Ravens and draft defensive tackle Jordan Davis out of Georgia. Excuse me. It seems like they stole Jordan Davis from Baltimore. And I, hey, I love that. Go get your guy. They filled the need. They got a really good player. And then on top of that, Philadelphia made another crazy move. They traded for wide receiver A.J. Brown. They traded the 18th overall pick and a third round pick for wide receiver A.J. Brown from Tennessee. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, they, they passed on Justin Jefferson two years ago. They drafted Jalen Rager instead. Last year, they drafted Devontae Smith. This year, they draft, uh, they trade for, they basically made a move to go get A.J. Brown during the draft. I love it. And then Philadelphia gave A.J. Brown a massive four-year, $100 million contract extension, $57 million guaranteed. Great for Philly, great for A.J. Brown. He got paid way before Tennessee was willing to pay him. Tennessee apparently only gave him a deal that was up to $16 million a year, and he's like, look, I'm just more valuable than that. I want out of here. They got rid of him. That's awesome. Good for A.J. Brown. Now, Tennessee came across as very, very cheap last night. We refused to pay A.J. Brown, and what they did instead, blatantly in front of everybody, (laughs) was they drafted Arkansas receiver Traylon Burks, And he's been compared to A.J. Brown a ton. Like, a lot of people are talking about how he's the A.J. Brown of this NFL draft class. What they did is, okay, instead of paying A.J. Brown, we'll get a guy with a similar skill set and pay him next to nothing in comparison to what Philadelphia is paying A.J. Brown. They got an unproven player, sure, but a a much cheaper version of a guy with a similar skill set. Is that a win or not? I don't know. We'll see how Traylon Burks does. If Traylon Burks is a home run and is really good— Hey, that's a very shrewd um, move by Tennessee. Doesn't make me feel good to see a team not wanting to pay a player, but it's the right business move if Traylon Burks is really good at receiver and uh, he's super physical, he can run the ball, he's great after the catch. I mean, there are a lot of comparisons there, so kind of a fun side story, which is that they got rid of A.J. Brown and found a cheaper, unproven version of the same player. It's what, that's what everyone's saying, and we'll see if that actually works out that way, but um, certainly he is very physical, certainly he's great for the catch, and uh, keep your eye on how he does. Now, I thought that the New York Jets probably had the best night of anyone 
during the first round of the NFL draft. They made not one, not two. They had two. Then they traded up and got a third first-round pick. They got three first-round picks last night, and I think they got three really good players. They drafted uh, number four overall. The Jets got corner Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. Then number 10 overall, they drafted Garrett Wilson, a receiver out of Ohio State. That'll be kind of fun. It'll be Zach Wilson throwing to Garrett Wilson. Wilson to Wilson. I can already hear the call now. Gang green, baby. Um, Then later... A surprise move. The Jets traded back into the first round and drafted Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State, number 26 overall, a defensive end, edge rusher, linebacker type. He's a stud, man. He's going to get after the quarterback. He's going to be great on the edge. Um, He fell a bit in the draft. That was surprising to a lot of people. A lot of people that uh, Kevon Thibodeau was a guy who would fall out of Oregon. And uh, the Jets overall, you look at their draft, what they've done so far, they got three good new starting players on their football team that are going to be cheap, have a lot of potential for years to come. I, I really think the Jets had the best day. The Jets, Philadelphia did really well. The Saints did well. But it's hard to beat what the Jets did last night and get three really good players in the first round. Now, how the Jets do still does very much depend on their quarterback, Zach Wilson. But they got their defense better. They got him a receiving weapon. And I just got to say, the Jets general manager, Joe Douglas, does this every year. Every single year, he kills it in the NFL draft. Him and you know, Ballard in Indianapolis got to be two of the best general managers in football right now. Uh, and I just, I don't know that Joe Douglas gets enough credit, actually, for how well he's done in the last couple of years at drafting. I believe in everything he's done. Uh, I remain optimistic, and I go, I just think that the Jets killed it. I'm really, really impressed with the, what they did during night number one of the NFL draft. Now, last night during the draft, the main theme was aggression. There were trades being made left and right. There were nine trades made that I counted in the first round. I, I, just, I literally just wrote down as they happened. So if I'm wrong, it's more than nine. Fine, but I counted nine uh, with my inexact science. Then you had Marquise Brown also get traded. So that's 10. Then you had an 11th trade with A.J. Brown getting traded. Uh, from Tennessee. And the Green Bay Packers' biggest need was a receiver last night. And what they did was they sat and they watched as eight different teams made a move to go get a receiver, and the Packers did nothing. They had two first-round picks. They had the uh, 22nd overall pick and the 28th overall pick. And they just sat there, and they sat there, and they sat there. And historically, the Green Bay Packers as an organization, I don't know if it's a Wisconsin thing. I don't know if it's just a culture of that franchise. I don't know. Historically, though, the Green Bay Packers do not take risks. They are very, very passive as an organization. When's the last time the Packers made a big, big sweeping move in the NFL? They gave Aaron too much money, maybe. That's it. That's it. They just keep giving Aaron Rodgers massive contracts and then not making big moves in free agency or in the draft. And they had a fine first round. I thought the Packers, they, had, they got two new, good, solid players, two Georgia defenders. They brought in linebacker Quay Walker, 22nd overall, and then 28th overall, they drafted defensive tackle Devontae Wyatt. Hey, two good picks that probably their defense got better. Great. You can't, it's hard to like hate on Green Bay because they did something positive last night. They moved an inch forward, 
but I feel like they could have moved a foot forward. They really could have just taken a big step, and instead they're kind of like, eh, let's just slightly get better. Hard to, hard to hate on someone who adds two new solid contributors to your defense, but last night the Packers did nothing to solve their biggest need, which is at the receiver position. Here are the guys that they watched get traded for or drafted last night. They, they sat by and watched as other teams made moves for these guys. A.J. Brown, Marquise Brown, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks. They just watched. Like, you know what? We know we need a receiver, but we're going to let eight other receivers get traded for or drafted while we do nothing. They were all gone by pick 18. The Packers' first pick was 22nd overall. They could have traded up. They had two late first-round picks. If they wanted to trade up and get Jahan Dotson, I think would have been a great fit. They could have made that happen. They, they, but they refused to make a move. They're, they're the passive Packers. That's what I'm going to call them from now on. The passive Green Bay Packers. Their quarterback is passive-aggressive. Their organization refused to make aggressive moves. All right. Sit there and watch. It's not compelling to me. That's the thing. It's not that the Packers are bad or terribly run or all this stuff, but they're not compellingly run. When I watched Philadelphia trade for A.J. Brown, if I'm an Eagles fan, I'd be like, hell yeah, I love that. My team is making moves. Let's go. The Jets made a move. The Saints traded up to get their receiver they wanted. Sorry, the, sorry, the Saints made a move to get their receiver they wanted. Chris Olave. And the Packers are just not compelling. Remember... Aaron Rodgers took their money. He chose to stay. Aaron Rodgers said, it's fine. He's like that meme where the, the world, you know, the house is burning around him. He's like, it's fine. I took $50 million. I chose money over winning. All right, man. I, I hope you're ha having fun with no one to throw to. It just, this is, this is the true statement about the Green Bay Packers last night. They could have made, they're not a victim. They could have made a move to go get a receiver last night. They chose not to. And uh, I think they made their life a little bit harder. Hey, their defense is better. That's awesome. It's getting ridiculous. I've always said, like, hey, who cares when you draft a receiver? You just need to get a good receiver. But there were good receivers out there last night. They didn't go get them. Oh, yeah. I got fired up there. Um, let me drink some water. I thought the L.A. Chargers did very, very well. There's a couple teams out there that did quiet, good stuff. The Chargers, they drafted number 17 overall, a guard, Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Round of applause. Like a, like a golf clap. That's very good. They are supporting their young quarterback, Justin Herbert, getting him an offensive lineman. The Chargers got way better this offseason. They're, they're already a good football team. Got great receivers, a pretty good offensive line, a star receiver. They got Khalil Mack. They got J.C. Jackson. Their defense got better. I mean, the Chargers are absolutely loaded, and they probably should be the favorite right now to win that division, the AFC West. Good for them. That's awesome. Washington made a great pick. Uh, they drafted, what are they now, the Commanders? It's, never, it's still weird for me to say the Washington Commanders, but uh, they drafted receiver Jahan Dotson, number 16 overall out of Penn State. I love this move. Jahan Dotson is one of my favorite receivers in this draft class. He goes up. He's a big jump ball receiver. He's going to be awesome at getting that. Carson Wentz, their starting quarterback in Washington, has a tendency to throw what I call a YOLO ball. He's like, I'm just going to put it up there. I hope you get it. Carson Wentz does that a lot. He makes throws that you're like, I'm not really sure what he's doing, but he's putting it in the direction of a receiver. There might be five defenders around. 
but he's going to give my guy a chance. And Jahan Dotson has a strange quality to go up and get those balls. It's just He's going to catch the YOLO balls that Carson Wentz throws him, and that's awesome. And uh, I don't know. It'll be fun. I think Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin is a really fun duo, and I've got a weird op- optimistic vibe about Washington. They got Carson Wentz, who I thought was done a little bit wrong in Indy. He's not perfect, but he's not terrible. And him with Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin, that's a fun little duo there that could be exciting. Atlanta did very well. Well done to Atlanta. They did not fall into the trap of drafting a quarterback. I am so glad Atlanta did not draft a quarterback. I don't even, they drafted Drake London, a receiver out of USC, number seven or number eight overall. That's awesome. But I'm not even really excited about the pick they made. I'm just glad they didn't get a quarterback. They got someone who can help them immediately get better. And Drake London certainly does that. If they want a quarterback, they can get one in the second round. I don't know that there was anybody available number eight overall at quarterback who's better than Marcus Mariota, the guy they currently have. Uh, good for them. They, they got Marcus Mariota, a new receiver. They got exactly what they needed. I am very, very happy for the Atlanta Falcons. They did awesome last night, and uh, shout out to them. The Saints also did well. The New Orleans Saints solved their two biggest problems as a football team. They traded up. They got a receiver, Chris Olave, number 11 overall. I love that. Then later, they drafted left tackle Trevor Penning, number 19 overall. That's two good moves at New Orleans. A lot of, I, this is a, a first round of the NFL draft where I feel very good about. There's a lot of teams where I'm like, they did good, they did good, they did good. Teams took risks, they made moves, they solved their problems. Uh, here's a weird one. The Ravens traded away Marquise Hollywood-Brown to Arizona. He was unhappy in Baltimore, reported that he just didn't like the system, wanted the ball more. Uh, he will probably enjoy playing in Arizona a lot more. They, they throw the ball a ton in Arizona. Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury got good teammates and receivers around him. I think that's an awesome move by Arizona. It's a bit of a head scratcher for Baltimore. Not because they, they didn't want to, you know, he was unhappy. Hollywood Brown was in Baltimore, but I don't know what they're doing next. Like who's their, what's their next receiving option to replace Hollywood Brown. They don't appear to have a plan there. That's kind of weird. Uh, all in all, though, I thought the Ravens had a very good draft, meaning they got two really good players, probably two of the better players in this draft, guys who fell, but they made moves for. Uh, they got safety Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, number 14 overall. He's awesome. Then later, they got a center, Tyler Linderbaum, uh, number 25 overall. Those are two new starters. They got a lot of potential, and I think... I mean, I, it wasn't a flashy, sexy, exciting draft for Baltimore. It rarely is, but they got two really good players, and they do this all the time, where they go get guys who are probably going to be like 10-year veterans who are awesome and, and pro bowlers, and these are two players that I think are very good that are not sexy and exciting, but are, are definitely um, very, very, very good draft picks for the Baltimore Ravens. I thought the Giants did interestingly well um i i like maybe the philosophy behind what the giants did we'll, we'll we can debate uh their picks they got defensive end uh kevon thibodeau out of oregon number five overall a lot of people say he was overdrafted there's personality concerns i, I can't tell you i've never met the guy i don't know uh, but i thought for them to have two top 10 picks they drafted kevon thibodeau number five overall then number seven overall they drafted a left tackle evan neal out of alabama they're building their offensive line. They're building their defensive line. 
I think philosophically, I like this. I, I, I really like when teams invest in their linemen. Linemen win games. The offensive line and the defensive line are super important in the NFL and, and important to winning football games, period. So uh, I liked what they did. I, I think that uh, if I was a general manager, you would catch me drafting constantly offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And so you can debate whether Kevon Thibodeau was the right guy. I, I think Evan Neal was the right pick. That's an awesome one. But I think philosophically, it's hard to argue with what the Giants did based on they built their most important parts of the, their football team. Their offensive defensive linemen are super important. That's how you win football games in my mind. Um, and I, I don't think there was a quarterback available. There was, there was nothing. I don't think they did anything wrong. And they, I think, in fact, they did the right thing. So I like what the Giants did during the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, finally, the Steelers. The only quarterback that got drafted in the first round was Kenny Pickett, number 20 overall by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I got to say, first of all, I think it's cool. Kenny Pickett played quarterback for the Pitt Panthers in college. He gets to stay in Pittsburgh and now play quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he can probably even, it's the same building. Like, that's incredible. First of all, that's amazing. Very happy for him. Um, He gets to go to a team with a lot of good players around him. They got a good coach. Um, I think Kenny Pickett is being set up to succeed in the NFL, and I like that. And there's no pressure. They got Mitchell Trubisky. So if for some reason Kenny Pickett isn't ready to start week one, they can play Kenny. They can play Mitchell Trubisky. He can be the sacrificial lamb until Kenny Pickett is ready to be their starting quarterback. Um, I love, 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 love what happened here. Now, I, I'm not going to lie. I thought that Pittsburgh was going to draft Malik Willis if he got to their point in the draft. If somehow... Malik Willis was available, number 20 overall. I thought Pittsburgh was going to take him. So why didn't they? I I think what happened was I don't think Pittsburgh expected Kenny Pickett to fall all the way to 20 where they were drafting. I think they they got Kenny Pickett available to them, and they were like, wow, didn't expect this. That's awesome. You heard conflicting reports that you heard some they were into Kenny Pickett, some they were into Malik Willis. I think that clearly they wanted Kenny Pickett over Malik Willis, but I think if Kenny Pickett had been drafted, let's say – number eight by Atlanta or something like that, I think you would have seen Pittsburgh take Malik Willis number 20 overall. But they made a clear statement, we would rather have Kenny Pickett than Malik Willis. I think part of what that comes from is that Malik Willis might have potential. He's a long way from being ready to be an NFL starting quarterback, where Kenny Pickett could be your starting quarterback week one and do very well. So uh, good for him. I'm excited for him. And uh, I like that. I, I, I like Kenny Pickett. I Man... He gets a lot of hate. People talk about small hands. People talk a lot of trash about him. Go watch Kenny Pickett's tape at Pittsburgh. He mastered what he was doing. And I don't know how that's a negative thing. I mean, I I, I really admire, as a former quarterback, what Kenny Pickett did because he mastered what he was doing at Pittsburgh and dominated. He won the ACC Conference Championship with Pittsburgh. He beat Clemson. I mean, I, I love that. I, I loved watching him. It was so much fun. He was a guy wheeling and dealing and just killing it last year. And uh, if he can do a similar progression where he masters whatever Pittsburgh is doing with the Steelers, he's going to be a very, very good quarterback in the NFL. And uh, I, I'm kind of excited about that. I think it's awesome. Good for them. Good for Pittsburgh. They got their guy. Uh, and it's an interesting cultural fit because Kenny Pickett is a bit more laid back, a bit me, meaning like he's not dramatic. He's not rah-rah. I, I, you know, 
the Steelers historically have been a very emotional franchise with emotional players and a lot of drama. Kenny Pickett is no drama. Kenny Pickett is very little emotion. I, I, I don't know. I, I really think it's an interesting fit, and he could be a very good stabilizing force in that organization. So those are the picks that excited me. There's really two more. Derek Stingley, number three overall to Houston, was awesome. Um, it was funny watching the, the Patriots take – it's even – Cole Strange, uh, a weirdly um, poetic name because it was strange they drafted him, a guard out of Chattanooga, the highest you know, picked player Chattanooga's ever had. Came out of left field a little bit. It's a very typical Bill Belichick thing to – draft someone that nobody expects him to do and maybe get a guy out of left field but he believes in and I'm sure Bill Belichick believes he's awesome and he did that with the guy at Lenore Ryan a couple years ago so good for him uh the safety I forget the guy's name right now um I will add that Carolina drafted a tackle number six overall Iki Ekwanu uh that's a good move Carolina like didn't do much other than that they just they drafted one player who is very good I like that move I didn't talk about Seattle or Buffalo or Kansas City, Dallas, Cincinnati, or Minnesota. I really don't have much to say about those teams. They, they drafted people that they're probably all Hall of Famers. They're probably all amazing. I don't know. I, I, I don't have an opinion on them. I don't have much to say, so I'm not going to add anything. Um, but, you know, I, like, I don't know. I just I don't have anything to add about those guys. But everything I talked about, those are the first-round picks that I'm very excited about that I like and uh, my thoughts on the first round of the NFL draft. Okay, there are a couple of questions still looming for the second round uh, today. There are three big quarterbacks available, Matt Corral, uh, Desmond Ritter, and Malik Willis. I think the Titans could draft a quarterback, number 35 overall. The Giants with 36th overall pick, maybe take Malik Willis. That would be interesting and fun. They've got Daniel Jones. They could let Malik Willis sit and develop behind him. Brian Dable developing a really talented quarterback last time I did that he had Josh Allen could he develop Malik Willis in a similar way uh Seattle has the 40th and 41st overall pick that could either one of them could be a quarterback I think Matt Corral to Seattle would be incredible I love that thought uh the Falcons have the 43rd overall pick that's 11 picks into the second round they could get a quarterback as well I think Matt Corral and Atlanta would be a great fit I, Matt Corral's a second-round pick is a really good move. I, I really like that that value. Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter are guys who I think could become NFL starters who you draft them in the second round. Derek Carr was a second-round pick. Like, I, I like that. Andy Dalton is, is not as great of a quarterback. He was also a second-round pick. Though. Like, you can get a starting quarterback in the second round if you get the right guy. And I think what I like about this is Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis are more likely now to go to spots where they are more set up to succeed and not go to just a terrible football team that's not ready to win. So I like that. Good for them. Will Baker Mayfield get traded at all? Today, tomorrow, anytime soon? Keep your eye on that. Uh, A Debo Samuel trade feels way less likely now. The the first round came and went, and no one wanted a first-round pick for Debo. No one made that kind of move. So, um, you know, wide receiver George Pickens is available. He probably gets off the board before the Packers can draft him unless the Packers trade up in the second round, which, remember, the passive Packers are not going to do anything. I wish they would. Go get George Pickens. That would be awesome. I think George Pickens is an underrated player who didn't have a lot of film because he got hurt, but George Pickens with Aaron Rodgers feels incredible. Hey, Packers, please, I am begging you, make a move. Go get George Pickens. I am begging. David Ajabo out of Michigan. That'll be an interesting player. Uh, Where will N'Kobe Dean go from Georgia, linebacker? When will the first running back be drafted? Um, 
I, I don't know. When is someone going to make a move and finally draft a running back? No one made a move for one in the first round, and running back value is lower than ever. So day two of the NFL draft is going to be very interesting. Keep your eye on that. We will certainly talk about it. I love you guys so much. Um, there are two more pieces of news I want to talk about. The Arizona Cardinals gave their quarterback, Kyler Murray, uh, they picked up his fifth-year option, meaning that um, he's going to make like 23 or 20, something like a big 20-something million dollars uh, in 2023. And uh, it seems like Kyler Murray came to his senses and stopped demanding a massive contract. So I think for now, for now, that's the end of the Kyler Murray drama. He's in Arizona. He tried to make his play to get a big contract. It didn't work. And he's like, at the end of the day, I'm happy to be here. I'm going to have another great year this year. Then I'll get a big long-term contract. Um, the Giants decided to – the Giants declined the fifth-year option for their quarterback, Daniel Jones, meaning that this year is an audition for Daniel Jones. He's got to do well. If Daniel Jones doesn't do well this year, he is not going to be invited back to New York. He's got to prove himself, as he should. That's healthy. I like that. I am really glad the Giants did not pick up his fifth-year option. They declined it. Good for them. Uh, that's all I have for today, guys. I love you very much. I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And uh, have a great day. Ba-dum-bum-bam. We are done.